0: Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon. I am Michelle Lichty, and I'm here today with David Henderson. are you all and we are here to discuss David your sermon from this past Sunday um titled Satisfied in God based on Matthew 13 verses 44 through 45 and a bunch of verses in Psalm and a bunch of reading that you've done over the past year
1: yeah that's right
0: so um yeah i think i i found this sermon really prompted me to start reflecting on my past year. Hmm. And, um, and I thought it was a really great time to be reflecting, you know, new year's is like, right. It's the new year's resolutions time. And I think we forget to reflect on the past year. A lot of times with the push for everything's going to change in the new year. And I don't think, things can change unless we realize where we are and have been. Um, So I found, I found it super helpful to just be thinking about where has God had me in the past Mm -hmm. year? Um, And just a really good time to reflect for reflection.
1: You know, I think uh, Michelle, I think that's especially, this is one of those places and there are so many of them where our being followers of Christ changes the way we think about something that might be self-evident otherwise like self-evident okay new year's resolution right this year finally i'm gonna get this part right and then we muscle up we knuckle down you know on that kind of and and you know our our resolution often lasts for 12 days and then we're right back where we were with disappointment and i think um what you just put your finger on is so important that god is always at work in us he's Mm. he is forming our hearts towards him he's stirring he's bringing conviction he's he's whispering invitation and and so whenever we decide something or resolve something it's always in the stream of something god's already doing and Mm. already whispering to our hearts about and 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 then so more and more it's a matter of us cooperating instead of us originating something. Mm, mm-hmm. So I i think that's a great insight, Michelle. I love that.
0: Yeah. So so what you have been reflecting on, um, and you named a bunch of resources in your sermon. One of them yeah. was Augustine's confession. Yep. Confessions and one was um and and then a bunch of verses in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Um and you came out of that with several key ideas. Um, which are kind of self-evident for someone who's been a Christian for a long time, and yet super helpful to remember. Hmm. I'm always I'm reminded of Vince Lombardi, right? Like this gentleman is a football, right. you know, kind of this. It's but we need to kind of start the season with that in mind. Like yes. we were created by God. We exist for God.
1: I was just thinking how helpful it is to know where the commas come this gentleman is a football. And the way you said it is, this gentleman is a football.
0: (laughs) It's kind of like, let's eat grandma. Let's eat grandma. We need the (laughs)
1: grandma. Right. Yes. Yeah. Michelle, the the, um, two thoughts connected there. One is I, and we as a church are so committed to biblical preaching and not Mm -hmm. saying, here's what somebody else thinks about what scripture teaches. We always want to learn from the wisdom of others. We're all all of us are limited in our understanding, and we benefit so much from others wrestling with the Scripture. But the authority for us is is never going to be Augustine or Calvin or whoever. It's always going to be Jesus, God, and that authority expressed mm-hmm. uh, in the Scriptures with which we can uh, to which we can turn with with complete confidence in it. its trustworthiness. Um, having said that, there have been people along the way whom God has used remarkably Mm. to frame in biblical ideas in a way that establishes a paradigm for our understanding. And that's, I I think of these uh, and it's a kind of a phrase I've arrived at myself, these paradigmatic writers who it's like, okay, when it comes to understanding how sin works, you have framed this in, in a way that perfectly captures what the scriptures Mm. teach, but it takes from, from James and from first Peter and from this part of Psalm 51 and here, but it fits it together in a way it's like, yes, it's exactly what it teaches, but it puts it in a coherent frame. Mm. And I think um, in this area, especially when it comes to fi- to figuring out these desires of our heart and then what to do with them and what to do with them in a God honoring way and what we're tempted to do with them in a way that's disordered and isn't in keeping with God's purposes. I think Augustine absolutely nails it. and. Everybody else in the ensuing sixteen hundred years of life of the church is is building on that same frame of reference. We often mm. don't know it, but you know right. Calvin was completely indebted. George Herbert was indebted to him. You know Julian of Norwich and and Catherine of Siena and uh, all these people are pointing back. David Noggle in Reordered Loves, Reordered Lives. This an amazing book that I mentioned. They're they're all pointing back and going, "Yep, he." got it. And and that's mm. why I think as I read through have been reading through all this I just feel like wow this provides such an important and valuable frame of reference for biblical thought, not for Augustinian thought. That's not the point.
0: It's Right. Yeah. Right. Right, because as you said, the Bible is our foundation and um and we want to remember that even as we're referencing all these other authors. Mm. Yeah. Um so
1: To that point, uh, this is really interesting. I just read a comment of somebody who was a translator of Augustine. Mm. And and this translator said, to translate Augustine is so exciting and so difficult because almost every sentence, almost every sentence he writes has a paraphrase of or a quote from the scriptures. He he has what Spurgeon called Bibline blood. It's just in him so deeply. He's, he's not going, okay, the scripture is my point of departure and off I go. It's like, mm. no, it's just this, yeah, it's beautiful mm-hmm. um, to see that.
0: Yes. Yes. Being so immersed that it's coming out your pores almost, right? Yeah.
1: With it, that would be us.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right. It right, reminds me, Rob would hate this, but I'm going to say it. It just reminds me of Rob. Like he just seems like he, Always, he always has a scripture re- ready for the occasion. Yeah, it's true. Just right in his head, and it's in him. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's yeah. it. Yeah, and he's he has let the spirit take that down into his heart and into his soul, and then it just is what he speaks, thinks, yeah. and lives. Yeah, What's there
0: was mean? there was a woman on staff when I was on staff with Campus Crusade, um, in the nineties. She was she was on staff, and and everyone was like, oh. This person ha- knows the scripture, and she can bring it up at for scripture for every occasion, and uh, and many times in a very playful way, which was mm. really fun to see. Mm. Oh, that's cool! <laughs> it was fun to be in conversation with her, and then and be like, and she would just pull up a proverb, and you'd just be like, "That is hilarious!" No, <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> so, but um. But yes, we would want, we want to be that way as well. So your key ideas all led to, started with, we were created by God. We exist Mm -hmm. for God. And it kind of led all the way down to um, God alone can satisfy our deepest desires and nothing else can. Mm -hmm. Which brought us, which brought you to Matthew 13. And the treasure
1: yep and i think it's it if you'll indulge me i think it's helpful just to hear them without explanation in between them just mm. the kind of the eight points because uh, like you said you hear them and you go oh that just seems so self-evident but it really is helpful to go for the starting point some of us uh mm-hmm. um, as elders were talking last night at the end of the meeting about how Everything spills out of God as creator as the starting point. And then God mm. as redeemer as the end point, in a sense, um, you know, it, it all traces back to that. And it, it makes so much sense. So let me just mm-hmm. uh, quickly flip through this. So first, we were created by God, as you, as you already said, and we exist for God. He made us for himself. By implication, that means as one's created by God, God knows the best way for us to live and to love. What's Mm -hmm. true about us is also true about everything else and everyone else we will ever look on in this world as created beings. We were created by God as human beings with a profound and driving desire, a craving, a hunger, and a thirst. And the human experience is dominated by our pursuit of that satisfaction. Our craving, our desire, our thirst has some object that corresponds to it and will satisfy it. It's the way of creation. And the way mm-hmm. of God has ordered things in creation and God alone can satisfy that deepest of all desires, that deepest hunger and thirst. Mm-hmm. Nothing else can satisfy that hunger, whatever it is. Um, and then, yeah, that where all that leads is Augustine's line. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you.
0: Yes. And I think it's helpful What was really helpful for me, just if we could back up a little bit, but to the cravings that our craving has some object that corresponds to it. When you first said that line, I was like, what do you mean by that? Hmm. But it was so helpful for you to, to illustrate that with, when we are thirsty, water satisfies that craving. When we're hungry, food satisfies that craving. When we I don't even know what else you are tired. Sleep satisfies that craving. And so I'm like, Oh, okay. So then those physical needs, cravings um, can be, are are, are, all, there is something that will satisfy that just like our spiritual cravings. Only God can satisfy that.
1: Yes. And, and kind of part of the point, and it's interesting, a number of people pointed this, you know, it's like God did, None of us have a craving to uh, to fly on Mars on the back of a dragon, um, <laughs> because that's that's a nonsense thing. We don't crave that. That might be sound like fun, but that's very different than having an, an inherent desire for something. Mm. And and it's it's it is a cool reminder of the artistry and craftsmanship of God in ordering creation that He has not given given us any desires for which there is not somebody to satisfy us, or any need that we have for which he has not given us a desire. And it's mm. part of the beauty of how he created things, with himself as the, the the pinnacle, the and the deepest soul desire that we all have as human beings, has an exact and perfect correspondence to us to it, which fully answers and satisfies it, which is him.
0: Yes. And the beauty of
1: that, I just love that.
0: Yeah. Yes. And, and also how sad it is that we try to fill that desire with other things. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: My daughter and I were just talking on the way, on the way to work this morning. She dropped me off. She was heading to school and I'm not exactly sure how we got on the subject, but somehow I said, I think in our, in our society today, at least for, for moms, a lot of times we, we are taught, encouraged to find our identity in our children and the succession of our children. And, and I I said to her like, no, that is, that does not satisfy at all because children grow up and then you're left adrift and children will fail you because they're, they're sinners as well. And so you're left adrift and, you know, I mean, and of course, of course, we, we tried to fill that desire with career, with family, you know, children or spouses or extended family or, uh, friends. And you had a whole list <laughs> of right. that I couldn't even capture all of it, but yeah. there's so many things that we look to.
1: Right. And that is that, that disordering of our, of our lives that, that, um, that traces back to the brokenness in the human soul that finds its origin in the act of rebellion on the part of the first man and the first woman
0: who who said,
1: God, I will receive what you have given to me as gift, but I will lay claim to it as my own and I will push you as gift giver out of my life. And I will push you off the throne of the one who is over my life, and I'm going to take my place on that throne. You know, we think of sin as yes. like like uh, scowling at somebody who drives past us and is driving, or we drive past them in the right lane because they're in the left lane and hogging the left lane. And we scowl at them. It's like, okay, that was a sinful... Simple... No, the, the essence of sin, that is the outworking of sin. But right. but sin with a capital S is my the arrogance with which I displace God and take his place instead and with which i lay claim to all that actually belongs to him and then when i let my heart look other than to him to to find its satisfaction that's idolatry and that yeah, that's that's the core spiritual issue mm. that jesus came to address uh, he's not trying to make us yeah. goody goodies he's trying to realign us to the god of the universe where we are properly subject to him as king to, to establish his kingdom Yeah. Him is king, us as his subjects.
0: That's a discussion that Brentley and I had last week was like it's so easy for us to make light of and to rationalize our wrongdoings, our sins, Mm -hmm. our, you know, and, and how do we learn to hate evil, first to acknowledge evil and second to hate evil, and then also to recognize the weightiness of our own sin. And I think, um, and, and it just, your description of what is the fundamental spiritual issue we have or the, what sin is, just reminded me that we, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. I cannot recognize when I, when I have idols without the help of the Holy Spirit. I cannot recognize when I'm taking over the authority of my own life without the Holy Spirit.
1: I think that's exactly right. And I, I want to be careful in the way that I say this, because it could easily be misunderstood, but we mm. cannot repent our way to God. I can't just back away from my sin. Mm. I, there, there's, there's some point at which my soul needs to turn towards the God
0: mm. for whom I
1: was made, to whom I belong. Who has opened the path for me to be reconciled to Him, and allow Him to be the one who redresses my sin, and so that it's that in repentance and rest is your salvation. The um, we turn from and we turn towards, and the more we turn towards, the more we're going to want to turn from. That mm-hmm. that right ordering comes as we fix our hearts on God and our desire mm-hmm. on Him. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, it's not just,
0: I was going to say, it's not just being sorry for the consequences, right? It's yes. not just being sorry that I got caught.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: It's recognizing like it was, it was wrong and I need to turn my back to it. And yeah, towards that sense, God.
1: I, I, that's absolutely. And in a sense, what I'm saying also is, um, you know, there, there are men in our congregation who are married, who deal with lust and the, the best way to deal with lust is to find yourself satisfied in your spouse rather than to just keep trying to not do that, which is not Mm -hmm. what you should do. It's to find your satisfaction in that, which God provides. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's the other, that's kind of what I'm getting at is that. Right. um, I, I hate sin more and I want sin less, the more I love God yes. rather than just hating, right. sin, hating my way to God by way of, uh, I mean, yeah. Hating my way to God by way of trying to clean up my sin. There's a, right. a way in which my heart needs to find its full,
0: Yeah.
1: It's, it's satisfaction in him. Um,
0: I think a good, which is else- kind of what it,
1: yeah, the heart of this message yeah. is about. Right.
0: I'm just constantly reminded that, the, a great illustration of this is Israel and Egypt, hmm. right? Exactly. God didn't just deliver them out of Egypt to wander in the desert. He delivered them out in order to go to the promised land.
1: And and in many ways he, to bring them first to himself. Right. You know, and then to take them to the promised exactly. land. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's that's exactly right Michelle.
0: And so I yeah, I just I love thinking about that because it's such a real life example of mm. delivering from but not only from for God for a purpose, for mm. a meaning. Because we can't have we c- it also reminds me of the verses in the New Testament. I I think it's in Matthew where Jesus talks about you can't just sweep out the the <clears throat> demons, right? Because then it's empty. Like emptiness is not the answer. You need to fill, right? Yeah.
1: And and we yeah, we don't fill ourselves with our effort to keep ourselves empty, right? God is the one who fills us, which is which is part of why I think um, that this message felt so important and so God given. I, I just really felt like God was saying, say this start the year with this. Mm. And, um, and I think, you know, that, that line from, uh, Ronald Rollheiser, your spiritual life is what you do with your desire.
0: Mm. That yes. We
1: have this hunger, craving, lust, longing, thirst within us. And our spiritual life is what we do with that. And I think really, that means we're, we're ultimately la- We land to find its satisfaction and, right. um, it's, it is interesting, like that, that line that in repentance and rest is your satisfaction, that's a place where God is specifically confronting, I mean, is your salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is con- specifically confronting the um, the idolatry, or the, the spiritual adultery and spiritual tyranny of the Israelites. They mm-hmm. were rejecting him as spouse and looking to be satisfied elsewhere,
0: mm-hmm. spiritual
1: adultery. And they were rejecting God as king and rebelling against him and allying themselves with some other source or power. And uh, and God is saying, let me be your spouse and your king, your Hmm. spouse and your sovereign. Let me be the one to whom you give the fullness of your affection. And then I'll rightly order the rest of your life. I'm to be trusted with those things. And that goes back to that illustration of, is God just one among many things in my life, or is he really the thing that orders and explains and is my point of reference for everything else in my life?
0: Right, right. And I think the questions you asked towards the end of your sermon are really great journaling questions. Mm. Um, So if you didn't get these down in your notes, audience, go to our blog, go to the Advent sermon series blog, which is called Investigate the Mystery. And at the end of that, you can find David's uh, transcript. So you can find those questions Um, and, and maybe take some time this week, this month, to just take some time to journal about where am I looking for my rest and my satisfaction? What is the object of my desire? What place does God occupy in my life or in my heart? What are some of the other questions? I didn't write them all down, but
1: uh, there, um, there are there were about probably twelve questions I asked through this. Um, at the at the very end, um, what have you attached your affection to? What do you look to for satisfaction and rest? What mm. is the object of your deepest desire? This one really challenged me. That came out of the Matthew thirteen forty four passage. What's the treasure on which you bet all that you have?
0: Mm. And then what's the
1: thing in your treasure box?
0: Yes, yes.
1: Yeah, I love your encouragement. I think that would be great to spend some time uh, putting those questions and yourself before the Lord and let him speak to you and and hear his invitation.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I love the line. um, Where is it in uh, Hosea uh, chapter one or two? I will... I will lead you, God says to his people, I will lead you out into the desert, and there I will allure you. You know, that mm. picture of God. And it's be speaking to directly confronting their idolatry, which is really just looking anywhere short of God or to anyone short of God to be for us and do for us what only God can be and do, which is the heart of all of this. It's that's the disordered, bent-in upon ourselves way of trying to find satisfaction for our desire.
0: Um, right. Yeah. So take some time and journal and reflect on 2022 um, as we had, as we um, are in 2023. Um, And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to answer all 12 questions. Just choose the one that comes alive for you as you read through them, I think. And answer one. One is better than none. Any last thoughts?
1: Well, I, and this is a theme that has come up, come up uh, a number of times in our conversations, Michelle, but I think um, it's easy for us to make the Christian life complicated. And, mm. <laughs> and because of how comprehensive it is, it, it does have complex application in a variety of different areas of our lives. But there is a sense in which it really does come down to just what this message is about, which is... Mm where am I in my life looking for my soul's satisfaction? And then everything else spills out from that in terms of the way we live a life of love and and order our, our lives and our affections and the pursuits of our heart and how I engage with an indiv- individual person in any moment. Um, it all ultimately traces itself back to this central question. So I think this is really something that's worth um, not Zipping past, and like, oh, that was interesting. Right. On to the next thing, but really living with this. So I, I, I so appreciate your encouragement, Michelle.
0: Yeah, thanks. Yes, it can be hard, and it's worth the hard. Like Brentley said last week, um, it may you may think it's going to be really really bad, and then it ends up being super super wonderful. I think that's kind of the gist of it when he was because talking about God confession. always gives us
1: himself in the middle of it.
0: Right, yeah. exactly. He gives us himself. And that's... There's
1: always treasure to be found in that. Yeah.
0: A wonderful treasure, indeed. Well, thank you, David, for your time today. I appreciate right, it. You with you. And thank you to our audience. Whether you've joined us live on Facebook or later on our blog or on our podcast, we're grateful for the few minutes of time you spent with us today. Have a wonderful day.